This is the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. Hello and welcome back to the PSA Podcast, where we deep dive into the business of technology and automation. I'm your host, Joe Redding, the Director of Sales and Business Development at Production Systems Automation, and I'm happy to be joined by my partner, Marty Wolf. You can find more information about Production Systems Automation at www.psasystems.com. So how are you doing, Marty? Doing fantastic. Another exciting edition of the PSA Podcast. Really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, too. It's going to be a great show. Uh, Today, we'll be discussing the business and technology behind industrial robotics and how it has evolved over the years, and in particular this morning with Kawasaki Robotics. So that being said, I'd like, you to, like to introduce you to our guest. This morning, we are joined by Johanna Lickring. Johanna is Kawasaki Robotics Marketing Manager, and she is a change maker in the automation field who pushes the boundaries of traditional industrial marketing. Johanna prides herself in being a catalyst of action, leveraging local and global collaboration to execute projects ranging from international trade shows to digital marketing campaigns. By combining big picture thinking and the ability to implement strategies quickly, she has altered the way Kawasaki Robotics thinks about branding and marketing activities. So, Johanna, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. That was quite the introduction, and I'm very excited to be here today with you guys. Yeah, we're excited to have you here too. Um, so, as I said, you know, you're the uh, marketing manager for Kawasaki Robotics, and just a little bit about Kawasaki. So, uh, Kawasaki Robotics has over 50 years of experience and thousands of robots installed worldwide. So, Kawasaki Robotics truly is an automation partner you can trust. They have payloads uh, ranging from three kilogram all the way up to 1,500 kilogram. With that diverse set of robotic offerings. Uh, Kawasaki certainly can handle any application from high precision PC board assembly to full layer palletizing. As demands for automation grow and the applications diversify, Kawasaki's dynamic team and versatile lineup of robots are ready to take on the challenge. So you can learn more about Kawasaki Robotics by visiting their website at www.kawasakirobotics.com. So there you have it. Um, So yeah, we're gonna be talking a little bit about uh, the business and technology within the Kawasaki Robotics Organization. And hopefully, Johanna, we're gonna learn a little bit more about you as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. Great, so so tell us, how did your career path land you at Kawasaki Robotics (laughs) North America? You know, I was I was thinking about this, and I don't know if a banana peel is an appropriate answer, but um, it's kind of how it went. And I think sometimes in our careers, it's all about timing. And I had been working um, for an automotive chair supplier, and we supplied brake shims um, to you know the three uh, large uh, automotive OEMs here in Detroit. And I kind of had started looking, you know for my next opportunity, you know, I was there for seven years and I really felt that I'd done and accomplished everything that I, that I could. And, you know, um, a headhunter reached out and at the time for me, I did not know that much about the robotics industry. Truth be told, you know, I knew robots existed. I knew they existed within, um, you know, the automotive world. Um, and so when I, this headhunter reached out. I you know I really started researching, obviously Kawasaki Robotics, but also the 
the industry as a whole. And, you know, I came to discover the complexity uh, of the automation industry. And it's truly, you know, it's, it's such an exciting industry. I mean, you have several different um, robot types, several, you know, you sell to several different robot um, or industry segments. And there are all these different disciplines of engineering, you know, to support f- functions all within the same industry. And, and for me, it became a clear choice um, to join Kawasaki Robotics because of that, you know, because of the complex and multifaceted um, industry that this is. So, yeah, I have not yet experienced a dull moment at Kawasaki Robotics. So, <laughs> well, it, it certainly is a dynamic industry, and you know, certainly, certainly the team there at Kawasaki Robotics is dynamic as well. So, you're super addition to the team. For yeah, sure. yeah, and so, I just. I just think it's, you know, so exciting because of that, you know, because there's so many different types of products and because we we work in different um, industry segments and all of these industry segments are developing at different rates and are experiencing, um, you know, different pain points. So because of that, um, there's such complexity to this industry. And I think it for, for people like myself, I enjoy that. Um, it may not be for everyone, but I, I truly enjoy that um, that challenge, you know, to work within this space or the different spaces. Sure. So you weren't really at the time looking for a career change, or you were when the owner reached out to you. Yeah, I was. I was slowly, you know, I'd I'd spent seven years within the automotive industry and. Um, for me, I was just, I kind of felt like I'd fulfilled in all the things that I needed to. And, you know, I was looking for a more kind of dynamic industry and where the pace was different, you know, um, and that's definitely the automation and robotics industry. Um, yeah. You know, within PSA, we talk a lot about culture and, and certainly with our organization, developing a, a solid culture for the organization is really important. Is that something that, that drew you towards the Kawasaki organization as well? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I was born and raised in, in Sweden, right? And I worked for a Swedish company. So from a culture perspective, um, I was very fascinated um, with the idea of working for a Japanese company because to me it is the, you know, it's the polar opposite of <laughs> of Sweden, just from, from, you know, how the organization is structured and, uh, you know, how communication flows and, you know, culturally also very different. But all of those facets, you know, it made it interesting to me. And, and I, you know, I like to discover things, um, whether it's in my personal life or, or uh, you know, in my career. I like the idea of being uh, on a, a journey of discovery and to to go from a Swedish company to a Japanese company. It was, you know, it was a slight culture shock. And I knew that. But that's also what makes it exciting is how do you learn to, to thrive within a completely different culture? Joe, I can uh, I know we want to talk about Kawasaki and how they go to market. But uh, let me maybe start that by asking this question on all the marketing materials that I've seen so far, it mm-hmm. says we are not robots. Yes. So so maybe maybe you should tell us more about that. And I guess that ties into Joe's earlier question about culture. 
Sure. I, it kind of actually ties into everything, how we go to market today, um, culture, and and we're not robots, we are robotics. So I guess I can give a little, you know, um, kind of a little bit about the past. So when I, when I joined Kawasaki Robotics, you know, being very traditional, um, you know, a, a traditional industrial like Japanese robotics company, it was very much, you know, branding and marketing activities was um, scarce. And um, m- most of it was focused on lead generation. And so a lot of it was boots on the ground. Um, a large uh, amount of the budget went into trade shows to meet people face to face and generate those, you know, sales qualified leads and then follow up. So when I kind of joined the team and, um, you know, the last couple of years, it really has been like, how do we tip the scales and really, you know, accelerate and educating on the the need of doing, you know, both long term brand building activities so really starting to define of who we are and what makes us different and why should someone even, you know, consider Kawasaki Robotics to the more, you know, boots on the ground, um, marketing activities, um, you know, such as doing trade shows and, you know, building a robust, uh, like sales enablement tools and things like that. And so the last two years, you know, in kind of having to tip the scale a little bit, we did a big branding exercise and we went out and did interviews with end users and integrators and even our own um, people to start defining, you know, who we are as a brand and why anyone should care. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an important exercise and sure. really starting to define that. And that really is part of like a long-term plan that we have in place. And that's where that whole brand um, um, campaign came from. We're not robots, we are robotics. And the we're not robots is really pointing to the culture of Kawasaki Robotics, you know, that, you know, when we do business, um, you get the personal touch, you know, you can, you can call up customer service, you can call me up, um, you can call our sales team members, you know, we really try to, to treat our customers, no matter what the size is, with the same um, personalized care. And, you know, and this pointing to we are robotics, that really is, you know, we have been in the automation industry since its inception. Um, you know, we were part of the first to manufacture the Unimate over in Japan. And so that really speaks to, you know, the longevity of our company, but also, you know, all of the technology developments that we've done. So, um, yeah, and, you know, we really wanted to show in one sentence, like who we are. <laughs> and that's where... The we're not robots, we are robotics came from. Hmm. And it was interesting because, and I knew this would happen. You know, some people were like, well, what do you mean by that? And that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be a conversation starter. Like, what do you mean you're not robots? Like, what do you mean? That sounds, that sounds weird. We're not robots. But, well, it's true. We're, we're humans. And we yeah. make up the company, Kawasaki Robotics. And um, it really points to the personalized care that you get when you do business with us. Well, I guess, I guess it worked. Because yeah. I asked. I guess it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, back to you, Joe. Yeah, because, you know, the whole people business, right? We, we've had conversations in the past, you and I, Johanna, and, and we we spoke about this as we're really kind of in the people business. And it's very important to develop those relationships, stay close, 
face forward in front of the in front of your client to make sure that you're addressing their needs properly. So whether it's with a, a an integrator partner like PSA or, or the OEM manufacturer like you know like Kawasaki, it's very important from all facets to be engaged with the client and, and making sure their needs are met. And and I gotta tell you, I've I've worked uh, for a number of years for a robot OEM and and I'll tell you you guys do a fantastic job on both the front end sales and the aftermarket support. Uh, for your product. So kudos to you. Well, that's, that's great to hear. And yeah, you know, I, I know we talked about that, Joe, but really saying, you know, we're, we're in the people business and that's also can be confusing because we, well, you sell robots, but for me, um, there's two schools of thoughts that I have. And, and the number one is, you know, back there's always been a very clear definition between B2B marketing and B2C B2C marketing. And I've always questioned it, you know, what's really so different? Because in the end, who we sell to are other people. And humans, there's so much research on this. We make emotional decisions all the time. And mm. yeah, like the tactics that we use and how we use them may be slightly different than a B2C, but but in the end, building that trust with the end user and you know really being able to say this is what makes us different beyond this particular product like this is why you should trust us this is why you should do business with us is so incredibly important and to me in the end you know why we're in the people business from an end user perspective you know i maybe this is maybe i'm silly for thinking this but to me it's like we are selling a tool uh it's a tool for your toolbox it is a very cool screwdriver. It's a screwdriver mm -hmm. on, on steroids, you know, and with the advances that where the technology is going, you know, people are, are, you know, integrators like you, PSA are creating these like canned packages where you really eliminate any form of, you know, pain point for the end user from the installation, from the flexible installation, to, from programming, you know, it really is becoming more of a of a tool to help the very people of these manufacturing plants. So that's why I say we're in the, in the, we're here to help you achieve whatever it is you want to achieve, higher throughput, you know, uh, uh, to help combat some of the labor shortage, you know, what is it we can help you with? And here is the tool that we sell to help you do that or achieve that. And I think, um, um, you know, working with PSA and, and, you know, you guys are such a <laughs> strong integrator and I really do appreciate it because you guys aren't even shying away from some of the more complex projects. You know, it's, it's, you're so well-rounded and I think our industry needs more of that, you know, um, someone that can supply both the turnkey solutions to also finding ways of helping people, helping manufacturers, um, you know, solve really complex automation um, issues. So I think we're definitely in the people business and we're here to help end users and integrators to be successful in, in achieving whatever end goal it is that they want to achieve. Um, yeah, certainly. And, and you're also, you, you look for partnerships, right? You have a clear understanding of what it means to be a partner. And, and then even to just further that, uh, you, you guys take it a little bit step further where you, you feature your partners at trade shows. And, and that's typically not the case for large OEM robot manufacturers. They, when they go to trade shows, they, they like to stay somewhat, you know, agnostic to their partners and just showcase their products. 
but you like to bring your your partners into the booth, get them exposure, their their systems or solutions exposure, and then and then generate those leads together, and and then further develop the partnership between them. And, and I have to say, I'm so happy that you know Kawasaki invited us to participate in uh, the Pack Expo booth uh, coming up in Chicago uh, mm-hmm. this year, and you know we're going to have uh, our dual or newly branded. PSA sniper high speed picking cell on display there. And we're again just so so excited to be able to showcase that at Pack Expo. It's gonna be PSA's first trade show event. And this is awesome. So we really do appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and and uh to the point, Joe, and I'm super excited to be um partnering with you guys, but that was one of the things when I I don't quite understand why people or, or other OEMs uh, shy away from that because, and of course, like we have a large number of integrators in our network. And, um, you know, so for that reason, we, we try to like, it's, it, you, we, we want to make sure we mix it up and that everyone has a shot that wants to do it, but it is such a great way because we still showcase our own cells and but it's such a great way to forge those strong relationship and build relationship with with new integrators to have someone be able to use our booth space um, as a platform to either launch a new product or you know whatever that is to get that to get that moment to to show up show off what they're capable of and um, it's it's been very successful for us and and. You know, I'm I'm proud of Kawasaki for that reason too, and and maybe this is one of the reasons why others don't. You know, we don't really build systems anymore. Um, you know, uh, I would say we almost exclusively sell through an integrated network. Of course, there's certain like one-offs when that's not the case, but you know, we really um, we really want to sell our robots through our integrators, and so you know, featuring them, partnering with them, and supporting them you know, to be successful in doing so, it's, it's, it's beneficial for, for both parties. And the sharing of leads is, has been very successful. And, and like I said, we, we do a mixed bag. So we still show our own, you know, applications. And, and, you know, if it's a software tool, we want to launch, we still do, you know, we still do launches and product launches on, on the booth space. But um, yeah, we're excited to. What, to that decision, as I'm sitting listening, that decision is a cultural decision as much it is a business decision but culturally that's the way you think you think in terms of abundance you think yeah. in terms of sharing and um, yeah so, yeah i mean that's a cultural that's, uh, to retreat what i said it's a business decision but it, your culture dictates that somewhat am i correct there absolutely and and i think for me it's important because it's for me, it's a long-term game of setting us up where I think the industry is actually going as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that companies are going to be successful in the future. As we, like I said, I kind of refer to robots as a uh, screwdriver, <laughs> and it's a little bit more complex than that. But, but you know, we see advances all the time in machine learning and AI technology, and and these new software platforms that are making robots super easy to program. Like, so when so I think companies and, and, and um, robot companies are the more transparent we are about, you know, our partnerships and how we work and, and, you know, sharing that with the public and 
making that available and making information available, um, which we do too to our end users and integrators, you know, a lot of free training tools, a lot of free software, like the more transparent we can be, um, I, I think in the future, as we're moving through this kind of digital transformation and things are going to become more, uh, you know, easier to program, more accessible, I think that's what's going to win in the, in the long run, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's refreshing to hear that for sure. So, yeah. so uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, the business and such, but what about the technology? So what are some new technology advancements or breakthroughs that, that Kawasaki is going to be launching or recently launched? Can you share anything with us on that front? Yeah, so um, we actually have uh, a couple of new robot models. I can't tell you what they are, <laughs> but wow. we, have, we have a couple of new uh, product uh, launches coming this year, both from a robot model and controller and teach dependent perspective. So that's really exciting. Um, I think one uh, piece of software that I find really exciting um, is also our KRNX. And it's a um, API plugin that kind of allows, you know, advanced users for real-time control um, using an, an external PC. So uh, you can do real-time path planning, collision avoidance, and things like that. So we've done a lot of work with a lot of startups, and we're actually going to be featuring them at Automate um, coming up in June, which is called uh, Real-Time Robotics. And um, it's a very cool piece of, of, of software. So working with um, startups has been very beneficial for us. And again, it's you know, setting us up kind of for, for the future of where the industry is headed. So that is, um, love that product. Um, and we also have, you know, I think from a end user and integrated perspective, we've been doing a lot of creating tools um, that are free and accessible to end user and integrators to use um, like, you know, like training videos, uh, webinars, um, all kinds of like, even some, some free uh, software plugins, things like that, um, and making them available at any moment. Um, it's a big deal to, to, you know, further help the user experience. So. And where would we find those? Um, well, so it's for, you know, Kawasaki customer users only, but one is a particular website, uh, and I can share that link with you, Joe, after this. Okay. Sure, uh, sure. uh, <laughs> I don't want to give it away because it's, it's he's, he's trying to get you to give the information. <laughs> don't, don't, don't fall for that trick. You know? <laughs> he wants a, he wants a public release on the PSO podcast. <laughs> He's <laughs> like exclusive. Here are all the free tools. Um, yeah, I will share that with you, Joe. But we we do have these tools available to to our integrators and end users, and I um, and we keep on working on those. and And it's a nice collaboration between marketing and a product engineering group. And you know, I I want to say this: if you're an integrator or end user who have a particular issue or something you would like to have addressed um, in that type of format, always reached out to us. Like, I think that's another thing that sets us apart. Like if there's something that's a common thread issue or problem, let us know and we'll help to develop 
you know, the content or uh, the video series or whatever it is to make your experience better. Yeah, and I find working with your team, uh, and particularly even our sales uh, executive, uh, Melanie, she's been absolutely fantastic collaborating. And, and when we notice you know, a white spot, maybe in your product portfolio, uh, very open to having that discussion, to understanding our needs, uh, understanding our perception of the market, right? And, and how, what we feel would be a beneficial robot to have in their portfolio. So, and, and I've had the pleasure of you know, sitting in on conversations with you know, your product team, uh, giving them some of you know, my background and my history and what I think the market needs. And, and as I said, very receptive to that. So again, kudos to you and the team there for you know, being so open to, uh, to suggestions and really look forward to some of the new products that are coming out. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it's very, very important and it kind of goes again, you know, talking about culture and, you know, being transparent, um, you know, and the more feedback that we actually, why it's so important for us, that feedback is, is crucial because we do even, you know, we're a sales office, you know, Kawasaki Robotics USA is, is a sales office in the North American market. Um, but all of that information does make its way back to KHI and it will help drive R&D and, and it helps product development. So, so we do value that type of relationship where someone can tell us, you know, hey, this is not working for us or you need to look at this or here's where I see there's, um, you know, a big gap in your product portfolio. All of those things help. And even getting the feedback, you know, the end user wasn't happy with this or this wasn't working or this doesn't work for us. Like it helps us become a better partner. And I think what Kawasaki Robotics really is all about is also forging, you know, that trust and long-term partnerships with our integrators, you know, and or end users. So yeah, it's a it's an exciting time. And we're excited, you know, also to begin this journey with PSA so excellent yeah it is exciting times but it's also some challenging times too yeah. you know with the market uh, that we're dealing with you know supply chain issues and and what have you uh, what are you guys doing to mitigate some of those uh, some of those challenges within supply chain and deliveries and what have you for robots right now yeah so um, for us we made some really important decisions um, you know, a year and a half ago. And as a result, we've added 50,000 square feet of inventory space. Um, that's a big change for us to take on and hold inventory, mm-hmm. you know, at Kawasaki Robotics and Wixom. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I mean, we have, we literally currently, our poor shipping department, <laughs> we have hundreds and hundreds of robots being delivered. Um, and that we're taking on that risk such that we can better you know, serve our customers, they serve our integrators. And also, I, th- I think what Kavasak Robotics does really well is if someone's in dire need and we have to deliver, you know, we do drop, like we do, we fly, we fly robots over. Um, and I think being such a good, you know, we're a fairly large conglomerate. And I think that we've been good at um, diversifying our supplier portfolio. Um, we have the power to do that. And so for us, you know, we've been lacking in the terms of, of having robots. We haven't really felt that pain yet. And yeah. 
Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's complete opposite from just in time thought, thought process. And, and, uh, I guess that's just a reflection to what the real market worldwide is demanding right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, is inventory. It's fascinating. Amazing. Fascinating. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Joe, go back to you. No, no, Morgan. I, it's, it is fascinating because as Johanna mentioned, you certainly take, they're taking on that risk and it, it is a burden of cash flow and, and risk that you're, you got to yeah. move those robots in a certain, you got to turn them. Right. So again, you're, you guys are just thinking of how can we, satisfy the market, satisfy the needs of our OEM or our end users and our clients. And yeah. again, to see that a year and a half ago and to make that decision to, to build that addition onto your facility, which I happen to see kind of partially done. Yeah. Uh, what a, what a huge, a huge yeah. uh, and, and what a huge statement uh, to their partners, Joe. I mean, and to the market, yeah. And to the market, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Huge commitment, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, and beyond that, um, because in the end, you know, to have a system work, um, you need sensors, you need PLCs, you need all of these things, right? A robot out of a box is uh, pretty useless. And I think our team has done a really great job at working with our integrators who are experienced issues with certain, you know, PLCs, companies, and, and finding ways to working around that. Okay, if we can't use this particular brand, then what do we, what can we do instead? Can we actually work without, you know, that type of interface? Like, so um, I think from an also support standpoint, uh, you know, our engineering team, our customer service team are really working hard with our integrators who are really feeling the pain points from, from other, you know, vendors and suppliers on like, how do we find a solution? And I'm, I'm, I'm very proud over that because I, I don't know that everyone else does that in the mm -hmm. industry. No, I, I can agree with you there for sure. So listen, why don't we try to wrap this up? It's been a great conversation, but before we do, I always like to end with like a success story. So uh, can you think of, uh, of a recent success that you guys had that you could share with us? Um, do you mean like in terms of a customer project or? Yeah, anything, customer project, uh, and, and then something happened internally in your business, just that, again, something that projected some success in in either your mind or the company's mind? Well, I think some, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug in here you know, from a marketing perspective, but I, I'm really proud over, you know, Kawasaki Robotics, um, you know, really kind of changing their ways a little bit about how they relate to branding and marketing activities. And really, you know, it's taking on, you know, who we are as a company and defining that on every level and it's starting to show up in every single department and thus you know within Kawasaki Robotics from how we carry out service um, you know from how we support our integrators um, you know from a development standpoint and um, you know really taking on the expansion of this facility and you know we're really exciting because we are going to have a completely new showcase area or a technology center um, so that's a very exciting piece of news that's coming down the pipeline is we're really going to, with the new inventory space, we're freeing up space to kind of create a whole new technology center. Mm -hmm. And Joe, I can tell you this part of that um, 
it's gonna we're gonna have a zone that's for partners so they can also showcase some of their technology uh, in our facility. So that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Wow. So um, we are, you know, we're excited to to kind of be in this in the space of expansion and um, continuing to to really define who we are, you know, our place in the marketplace and what makes us different. So I guess that's my success story. Fantastic. Well, yeah, kudos to you. You made the change. You jumped into Kawasaki and you're, you're making these changes. And uh, so for the positive and this, we really, really are happy to have you on the podcast today. And so if, uh, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out or, or just, you know, learn more about Kawasaki, where would they go again? Go to our website, of course, um, kawasakirobotics.com. Perfect. And I, and I imagine you have uh, social media sites as well. You're on LinkedIn and, and Facebook or all that. All, all of the above. I followed you everywhere this morning. Do you want okay. To, okay. Yeah. I'm doing my job. I, I, I'm Joe's servant. And so what I wanted to do was follow you everywhere. And I did this morning. Well, we, we, great, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to have a, another follower. <laughs> you do, you do. All right, well, hey, Joe, thanks for, thanks for uh, another fascinating show. Appreciate uh, you allowing me to be part of it. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you for joining me. And Johanna, same. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Joe, for having me. And this, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the PSA BizTech Podcast. The PSA BizTech Podcast is a production of Production Systems Automation. More information on this podcast and PSA can be found at PSASystems.com. That's PSASystems.com.